Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Hello. He is here remotely this week because my job sucks. It makes me do stuff on Sundays, which is the day we record. So Mike was not able to stop by the studio today, but that's okay. We are still here. We're live. We're ready to go. And we've got a ton of stuff to cover. A lot of this today, Mike, feels like the um, I I don't know how else to say it. It's like championship stakes galore is like should be like the (laughs) title of this show. We're talking NBA finals. We've got NHL Stanley Cup finals. We've got, I don't know, 15 title changes in the world of professional wrestling in some capacity, which we're going to get to here in a second as well. Just a crap ton of change that has happened since we were last on. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's been a crazy time. It's crazy. It's been a crazy time. Absolutely. So let's start here. Let's start with the NBA, Mike. We talked about it last week. I think you were spot on in your predictions when you said, Listen, there's a pretty good chance this is going to be 2-2 at the end of it, and it's going to come down to a three-game series. It's why you're the basketball guru on the show. Don't let Kyle fool you. He's not. Um, You know, you you kind of predicted this series would go the way it has so far, Boston taking a 2-1 lead. not Maybe not how the game's played out, (laughs) because, you know, when Curry's got to hit 12 threes to to get to that game five. But regardless – they're in it and it's a two, two series. They play on Monday night. So by the time you guys are hearing this, they're playing tonight. Um, and hopefully we have a champion by Sunday. If not, well, I guess we're going to be talking about <laughs> post present tense. However, we have yeah. to do it on next week's show, but talk to me a little bit, Mike, about what you're seeing out of this series, because I really do think it is the tale of two different teams when it comes to this Warriors team. And yeah. I think it's Boston, I think is surviving just being more consistent yeah. And that's why they're there. Yeah. See, I, I look at this. It's crazy to think that I think Boston is mm-hmm. like the much better team. But this always comes down to in basketball. It's like, all right, but who has the better player? Yeah. And literally Steph Curry being the better player mm-hmm. is the only reason why it's 2-2 and yeah. not 3-1, if not 4-0 and Boston just sweeping them. Because yeah. like there it's been it's been a tough time. I think you said it in our pre-finals thing where you were like, yeah, everyone's good, but Draymond Green sucks. (laughs) I didn't know he was going to be historically awful, like historically awful. What was the stat line that there was a, there was a graphic that was posted, I think in game four, where it said 15 points, 17 fouls. Yeah. So he, he had three fouls in game four. So he has now reached the point where he has more fouls than points. Yeah in these finals in these mm-hmm. first four games i think he also has like the same number of technical fouls as three point <laughs> makes like oh it's God. like a it's like this crazy there's a whole bunch oh of crazy God. stats so he hasn't bad. had he hasn't reached 10 in a statistical category yet oh my god he has had 10 points 10 rebounds 10 assists actually i think he had 10 rebounds in game one i think that was the only one i think it's one out of so he's like one for 12 and getting to 10 in any of the stats so Raymond green I, I thought it was funny in game four where mm-hmm. uh, Van Gundy was like, I cannot believe they are taking out Draymond Green in this fourth quarter. And, and I was like, like, are you serious? I was yeah, like, really? I said the same thing. I said the same thing. I went, what has he done? Yeah. What I was he like, doing? I was like, I would rather have a starting lineup of Steph Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter, and Kevin Looney yep. than I would having him in right now. Yep. So I was like, yes. And then, like, obviously, they just moved Wiggins to the four, Looney at the five, and then mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Poole played the three. And I was like, that is a 1,000% better matchup <laughs> than having Draymond Green in any of those spots. But so I think he has just been historically yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I still think Golden State's going to win is because I still think, and every time I gamble it, it's like close, but it's like not there yet is clay thompson's gonna have one of those games he's got to right that was my question i was gonna ask you i go where is clay thompson like like he like he's hit the over for me on points for like Mm -hmm. you know i i I put him at 14 15 he gets like 15 16 Mm -hmm. 17 but Mm -hmm. i'm waiting for that game five or game six clay where he's like oh here's my 40 burger yeah and it's like god dang like and that's where i think that's where i'm afraid for boston because if clay has a 40 burger and steps out here with his 30 whatever he's doing it's like, I don't know if Boston has that kind of offense to beat him that game. And if that game happens in Boston, mm-hmm. I don't know if Boston can beat the Warriors twice in Golden State. 
Yeah. So that's why I right. think it's home like court's a gonna be huge. I feel like yeah, home court like, right now is huge, mm-hmm. and I'll, and Boston doesn't have the home court. So that's why I'm worried for Boston. Mm-hmm. But also, I think Boston has been the better team, yeah, overall. Yeah. And so if I was like, I think they're the betting favorites right now too. So it's like. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's, it's a lot closer to what you think, but Clay has to have one of those games. Talk to me a little bit about Jason Tatum, because there is kind of a narrative going out there right now that Jalen Brown is playing his patootie off and is really carrying Jason Tatum right now. Similar to the, the way I think we're thinking about Clay Thompson, where you're right, there's going to be a day or a half or a quarter where he's six for six, all threes, and you go, well, there, there it was, right? Like yeah. you saw it. Um, I am waiting for that from Jason Tatum. I don't think I'm not going to go out here and say that he has played terrible. I don't think that's a fair assessment. I think that there are heavy expectations when you're the best player on your team that you're supposed to ball out to Mm -hmm. almost sometimes I feel like an unexpected level. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like we we've talked about this in the past with the LeBron years where like, okay, LeBron put up 35, eight, nine. Everyone's like, Okay, and and you're like, what yeah. do you mean and? Like that's a that's a really great stat line every day of the week, right? But mm-hmm. it's just kind of not. It's kind of expected. Do you feel like that's where Tatum is kind of seeing? Some, I don't think he's playing great by any stretch, but I don't think he's playing nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. No, I just think it's like the efficiency is yes. not there. Yes. Like when you look at his stat line, of, yeah. Let's see if I can pull it up really fast. But yeah. most of his numbers mm-hmm. look really yeah. So okay, so he shot. So game one was pretty rough. Yeah. If I remember. Yeah. Um, but let's see some of these, like he's like, he's shooting uh, 34%, 39%, 40%. And then game one, he shot uh, 17%, which is pretty bad. Yeah. And then he had 23, 6, 11, 26, 9, 6. So his numbers aren't bad. But yeah. It's just like, all right, you shoot 17%, right. shoot 32%. It's like, you got to like be shooting upwards of 45 plus percent in these mm-hmm. games. And he's not. Yeah. So, and that's where Jalen Brown's coming in. It's Jalen Brown's out there going, okay, well, I'm putting up 26, but I'm shooting seven for 12. I'm right. shooting over 50%. Right. And so, like, Jalen Brown right now has looked better. But I also think that when you have a whole bunch of young guys, when you take out the best player, which is Jason Tatum, it's easy for, like, Jalen Brown to yeah, then rise sure. up. Yeah. Like, I think when – Someone's got to make up for it, right? Somebody else think, has to have the hand. I think it's going to be something that the Pistons, when they get to this point, is like a lot of people won't see coming, is yeah. when they get to the playoff point in their in their run here, I think they're going to lock down Cade, but I think Shadiq Bay and yeah. other hopefully guys. their other guys yeah. are going to be like, oh, these guys are the guys putting up 25. Cade has, you know, 14, yeah. 9, and 9. Okay, why is Cade not? Oh, because he's getting triple teamed everywhere. Right. Everyone else is doing their thing. I think right now it's more Tatum's impacting the game but not through scoring and like yeah. efficiency. He's, right. he's doing everything else. Gotcha. Gotcha. I just want to ask you about that because I do think it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because we talked at the beginning of the series about Steph and how this is a big series for Steph, right? Historically has not played well in the finals. Um, you know, obviously you know, when you come off being a unanimous MVP and all these other things, you're there, the expectations are super high. So Obviously, when you get into the biggest moments, you're expected to play your best. Um, and that hasn't happened with Steph until this series, obviously. I mean, you feel like he's the MVP. You feel like he's like he's willing his team, kind of what we thought he would do early in earlier seasons, right? During, the, mm-hmm. you know, when you have Kevin Durant, it's kind of easy to be like, all right, well, you shoot your 14 shots and I'll just pick up the rest. It's a little yeah. bit easier. Um, is this a different Steph that you have seen? than in years past because to me it just feels like he is like i went through those slumping years i was hurt everybody was banged up i had to kind of just deal with it and take it on the chin now i'm gonna go out here and like no this finals is the steph finals for me mm-hmm. i don't i mean I, don't, I wouldn't say it's like different per se i think this is always what steph's been but like you said i think 2015 this is kind of what you saw in steph yeah and he just didn't get the finals mvp it was andre right. Iguodala that year right. yeah. um locked so yeah yeah obviously <laughs> In 2016, um, he had a, he had a very bad final. That was yes. his worst finals, yeah. and they they blew the three one lead. Yeah. And then 17, 18, 19, they had KD. Right. So it's like this is like the first time where he's been a veteran from the finals, and yes. he is like the guy on his team. Right. He doesn't have to default to anyone. He's like he knows. Okay, this is my team. I'm going to make this work. Mm-hmm. And now you're reaping the benefits. Same thing. It's like. Um, like LeBron does so well, but then Kyrie gets all the numbers. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we're gonna give KD the ball a lot, so he's gonna get everything. Yeah. Um, it's it's right. like the same deal where I think Steph's now finally like, okay, it's my team. 
I get to do everything. And so you're kind of reaping the rewards of that. Yeah. A little He's bit. the catalyst. He makes everything go right. That's, yes. that's really it. So interesting topic for sure. Um, you still got the Warriors. What in seven? Um, yeah, I'll say, okay. Like I'll say seven. Okay. Unless you give me the caveat of clay has his famous clay game six yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Then I think they can win in six. Okay. I do think they probably win game five. And then Boston's going to be like, all right, we're going to have to win at home. Yeah, do but or then die. if Clay, but if Clay goes nuts in Game Six, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to overcome that. But if yeah. Clay kind of goes off in Game Five, doesn't it as much in Six, then I could see it Seven. But it's going to be Warriors. Do you think that? Do you think somehow. that Boston is kind of by getting to this point, right, where you're like, okay, it's it's really a three game series now? Um, do you think that they've kind of won in the sense like the Lions won a lot of like moral victory type things? Because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people were expecting them to go up 1-0. Definitely people were not expecting them to go up 2-1. Now that mm-hmm. they're now that they've made it as close as they have, it's 2-2. We've got, you know, it's a home stretch type deal where if they do push it to seven, do you think that a lot of people are like, you know what? I can take that and go, we can build off that next year rather than oh my God, they crumbled and they blew it. Because you know, they technically had the lead in the series. Twice. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily blame them if they lose yeah. this one, but also this is one of those finals where I think Boston has been the better team. Yeah. So played, if you yeah. lose, right, it's like tough to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a lot of those playoffs, like the 2016 Warriors, one, where it's like you are the better team yeah. by a long shot, and yeah. you should like win the series, and you don't. That's like a heartbreak kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it hasn't really happened. Lately, not really. Two no. really outside of the 2016 mm-hmm. one. I would say the last one before that was Miami in 2011, probably, where like you were clearly the better team. Oh, yeah, lost. with Dallas. Yep. Yeah, with I could Dallas. Say that one. I could say but, that like, one. There's, 2004 but I feel like, Pistons team. Yeah, 2004 Pistons. But like, there's not a lot of occasions where I'm like, okay, this team is just so much, like, they're playing yeah. so much better and right. they should win, but don't. Usually the better team in a seven game series normally wins. But I think in this case, it's really Steph Curry. I wouldn't say by himself because other guys are contributing, mm-hmm. but it's really the Steph Curry show taking on this team who has three, four guys who are contributing every single game. Right. So it's kind of an uphill battle for the Warriors. Right. So if they win, Boston's like, man, that was like our yeah. one shot. Because we always talk about, oh, this is our one shot to get it. Yeah. It's going to be hard for them to go back yeah. with like the Bucks being healthy and everything else next year. Mm-hmm. So the Pistons getting um, a whole bunch of people. Pistons, <laughs> Pistons just coming up strong, getting DeAndre Ayton up here. <laughs> Um, and Jay Nivey uh, falling to him. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think it would be kind of detrimental if the Celtics don't yeah. pull this out because I think this is like their one. Like we feel like we're better than them. Marcus Smart was like, "Yeah, we could have beat that KD team." So this one should be a breeze. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, why speak that one into existence. Yeah. Why even do that? Like, well, how does that help you? So it's like, oh, yeah. okay, so you should destroy this Warriors team then without KD. Yeah, because I don't have KD anymore. Yeah, and on. now it's two two, and you're about to maybe lose the series. Yeah, like that's so. that's bad news bears all the way around. Interesting. All right, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm tuned in. I'm guessing the rest of you guys are as well. But you know, Mike does a great job as always, kind of breaking down all the storylines coming to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus here a little bit though. We're going. We're going ice. Ho- we're going on the ice here. We're going. Ice we're, going we're going ice hockey. And we don't do. We don't do. Uh, we don't do. Hockey. Yeah, we don't do roller hockey. No, we don't do any yeah. of that stuff. But we do do the NHL finals. Um, this is a. This one is. Talk about loaded with storylines, not in the typical sense of like player on player, you know, which we could talk about with the Avalanche and Tampa Bay both. But Tampa Bay back to back defending Stanley Cup champions going against the, I think. Pound for pound, skater for skater, the best team in hockey is the Colorado Avalanche right now. I don't know if you can really make the argument against it. Their defense, phenomenal. Offense, phenomenal. Their power play, phenomenal. They're just so well built. Um, real, A lot of young guys. I had a chance when I was in Nashville a month ago to see them play live in game four against the Predators. And you just felt, even when the Predators were down 3-0, needed a game just to kind of salvage something, Colorado's just, they're too fast. They're too fast. Mm-hmm. They're too strong. They're too everything. Um, Darren Helm, former Red Wing, he's on the Colorado Avalanche. But Mike, um, fascinated by this because you have, you know, Tampa Bay, they just keep somehow, they keep making that run, right? You know, you've got the Steven Stamkos of the world. You've got the Kucherov's of the world still on this team um, against the, I mean, I can't say it enough how good this Avalanche team is. Um, based on what you've seen out of the playoffs, which by the way, the NCAA playoffs this year has been awesome. I'm going to put out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about what you're seeing out of this matchup because I, I think these are two. If if Champ Bay's not the second best team, they got to be top five. But 
I this should be explosive to say the very least. Oh yeah, I think I think this is one of those series where I think every game mm-hmm. is going to be coming down to the wire. I think yeah. it's also going to be a very high scoring series yes. too. Yes, like I like that's what this entire like, NHL playoffs has been. Yeah, like Colorado won Game One of their of their conference finals, like yeah. nine to seven. Yeah, or something crazy. Yep. Like yep. it, it was because neither team could stop loser. anybody. It was crazy. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think either one of these teams are going to really be able to stop each other. It's just mm-hmm. going to be like an offensive palooza yep. in these games for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have the Avalanche like slightly favored. Oh, I, I think the too. light like I think the Lightning, in terms of just playing a lot of hockey in the last two years, like it's very hard to just go run after run after run playing seven <laughs> game series and yeah. just keep being consistent at it. Mm-hmm. Um, being the back to back champs. I think the Avalanche are more fresh. They have um, home ice advantage. Yep. I guess yep. is the way you would say it. Yep. Um, so they have they have the home advantage. Um, so you'll they'll have to uh, Lightning are going to have to win at least one in Colorado, if not more, and that's impossibly hard in these playoffs for anyone to do. I, I think only one team has beaten like they've only lost like one game at home. I think this entire yep. playoff stretch for Colorado. Yep. So I think. Out. It, it's hard for me to, even though the Lightning are so good, to come up with a way for the Lightning Avalanche. Yeah, it's just I feel like it's just so they're just so strong and so so good all the way around for the Avalanche. Yeah, no, Colorado's so fast, right? I want to just give you, you know, like I mean, just just looking at this team, just in general, right? Like you know, you got Kel McCarr, you've got McKinnon, you got Retinen, you've got uh, Devin Taves, you've got so many players on this team that are just deadly with the puck in their hands right i mean i cannot stress to you how fast this team plays um their uh uh whatchamacallit their their power play is ridiculous it's absolutely insane to me their mm-hmm. their conversion rates i mean they're the postseason i mean they're scoring more goals per game right there's uh their power play percentage is second only to the Rangers at 31%, by the way, which is insane. Um, they're not in the penalty box a ton. It's just everything about this team is so, so fast that they're, it just feels like it's kind of one of those, well, this is going to happen and you're just going to have to accept it. That's kind of how I feel this, this is going to go. Um, speaking of Tampa though, Tampa is not, um, is no slouch by any stretch, right? Back-to-back champs. Um, they're allowing, um, the least amount of goals, right? They're actually tied or a little under Tampa or I'm underneath uh, Dallas at 2.4 goals a game, which is mm-hmm. nothing to scratch your head at. Um, but I mean, this team, this Tampa Bay team, man, talk about a team that is able just to continue to scrap, scrap. I mean, they're down 2-0 to New York, go out, win four straight, and they're just like, nope, it's done, right? You sweep the Panthers. You have a dogfight against Toronto, who everybody kind of had going to the NHL finals, probably against this Avalanche team. And you and you shock everybody, right? You win game seven in Toronto, which has, you know, which is a tough place to play. But you still got the same guys that you've been talking about for a long time, right? The Kucherovs, the Stamkoses of the world where you're just like, you know, they just keep doing it. And they're the defending back-to-back champions. Tell me, Mike, in your opinion, how do how does Tampa get this win? Because I've got an I I got a kind of a game plan for them, but I don't I still don't think it's gonna be enough. Um, if I had to say their best case scenario is just, and we talk about in football all the time, it's just like the puck control. I think, I think if you give avalanche upwards of like 30, like 25 to 30 shots on goal, there's there's no way you're beating them. Mm -hmm. I think, I think you have to be able to control the puck on your, or on on your, on on the offensive side and not give them any opportunities or limit their opportunities to score. Cause avalanche don't need many. No, it, like they, they scored two goals like back to back in um it was a game four to finish out their series. Yep. They went they were down two one and went goal goal back yep. to back and won the series. Yep. So I really don't need a lot of like time and a lot of shots on goal. But I think mm-hmm. Lightning need to limit that as much as possible, I guess. Yep. And um I think they need to be physical and try to initiate their own power plays. Yep. Um because I don't, I like, I think that, like, I think the Avalanche defense is so good mm-hmm. that you need to get as many opportunities as you can. Yep. But you need to be physical enough to get Avalanche off their, off their cookies. Yeah. Use there and try to just get the upper hand in any way possible. So yep. I think, like, straight up five on five, I think Avalanche are just better. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And here's the thing Tampa does have going for them. They are the more experienced team, right? Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, I mean, how the whole damn team's been to at least one cup final for the most part. So you have yeah. that. And the guys that you are, your big players, right? The, the Palats, the Stamkos, the Victor Hedmans, the Kucherovs of the world, where those are the guys where you're like, man, those need to be our point leaders. And that's who is, who is, I mean, Kucherov has 23 points this postseason. That's insane. Uh, Vasilevsky, their goalie, playing phenomenally right now with a 930 save percentage. Um, but I think the big thing for, for Tampa is while you're in the offensive zone, right, and when you have a power play, you have to cash in. Tam- or, uh, Colorado's power play kill is some of the most intricate and aggressive power play killing I have ever seen, where they'll still send guys out there pushing in the offensive end, just trying to force any sort of disruption. It's and they're creating offensive chances, even when they're a man down that in itself Mm -hmm. is so difficult to overcome. Um, And I think the other thing too, is, is keep your composure. They're faster than you. They're probably going to be a little more explosive. However, as we've seen from this Tampa team, now Tampa's resilient. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't bend under that pressure. There was a couple games against Toronto where you felt, ah, this is probably going to be it, you know, knock out the defending champs. They bounce back. They find a way to win. They get that goal. They get the power, whatever they need to do to kind of just get themselves over the hump. 2-0 down to New York, the New York Rangers. That's not a team to laugh at. Um, And to come back four straight and power them off. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think Colorado is going to have an advantage, obviously being off, for the last week, you know, when mm-hmm. you just go in and skunk Edmonton, like the way you did. Um, but I do think this is going to be a tough test for Colorado. I'm very interested to see the, if Tampa starts fast and they're up 2 0, for instance, in the first period, how does Colorado respond? Right. You've mm-hmm. got so many young guys out there that have, are playing big minutes for you. Kale McCarr being the prominent one of that bunch. How do you respond to that? How are you able to continue to be aggressive but at the same time, kind of have to play, you know, within yourself because you're already down a couple goals. So it's going to be very interesting. How many games you got Colorado in? Five, six, seven, four? Uh, six. Six? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that too. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting though. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. This is the first time mm-hmm. in a while I've been looking forward to an NHL finals as much as I have. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a great one for sure. So if you're not paying attention, you probably should. And, you know, and then it goes to show you how far away the rings are when you watch these teams play where you're just like, man, we are yeah. just not – we were just not there. <laughs> it's funny because it, it, it's like that in every sport. I know it is like weird. for it's yeah. like it, like you'll be like preseason football will go. Oh, we have like this player and this yeah. player and then this yep. this and then you go and then you watch like the first game. You go that was like not the best. And then you watch yep. like Chiefs Bills and you go, oh, that's where that's they're the at. Best. Okay, yeah. that's that's yep. tough. It's like yeah. really it's really awkward. But yeah, we try. It, is, it is. It's really funny when you're in that rebuild stage, which most Detroit teams are at this point, and so you're like. You're like, man, you watch the best teams when they're on playing their best, and you're just like, that's pretty nice. And then yeah. you look back at your team, and like go, the, well, he just fell over. So that's yeah. I was, I, was like, I was like, the Bills went nine for nine and drives yep. with all touchdowns. Yeah. All right. I don't think we could do that. Yeah. I don't think the Lions are going to go four for nine. <laughs> yeah. But we can hope. But we can try. Um, yeah, no, looking forward to this series for sure. Uh, before we get into it, I do want to show some reminders for next week. Next week, we've got the Forbidden Door preview. We're going to be talking Lions Inside the Den new episode. If you guys haven't watched that, the behind the draft scenes one, you should watch it. It's a phenomenal piece of business. Uh, we're also talking LIV Golf, the new league, and some of the players going out there. So lots of stuff coming your way next week, guys. So just a little bit of a teaser before we get into the home stretch of this week's show. Um, all right, Mike, we're here. Uh, you know, yeah. WrestleFest Bonanza is what I'm going to call this because there's just so much stuff that's been going on. And we had a whole show last week dedicated almost exclusively to professional mm-hmm. wrestling. But, it, you know, that's the part of the reason why we get this question a lot is why do you guys cover pro wrestling? It's kind of that weird fifth element with everything else. And the reality is, is that when you when you when you cover something like this, when you cover sports, stuff's always changing. And professional wrestling has no offseason. What are we going to talk about right now with the Detroit Pistons? whole lot of nothing until for agency or the draft happens. So pro wrestling is always changing. And this weekend I think is the epitome of change in so many different ways. Let's get to it, Michael. Let's get to hell yeah. in a cell first um, before okay. we get into everything else. Um, this, this whole show is going to be known for one thing. So that's pretty much, you know, where we need to get to, but let's go through yeah. card. Let's go through match by match real quick well, here. Yeah, well, Thankfully well, there wasn't a ton of filler, which is good uh, on this card for the most yeah, part, but I guess so. um, 
and what I mean by that is that there was a story for at least for everything. You know, what I mean, there wasn't yeah. just like random stuff where you go, "Where the hell did this come from?" Yeah, um, they really, yeah, they really tried to hash out as much <clears throat> story as they could in the show. Yeah, for, for, sure. the, for I guess the guys that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. But let's jump right in. All right, so we open with our raw women's three-way, which yep. was not a not a singles match. For what I thought it was. It was a three-way. Yeah, <laughs> we had Bianca Belair defeating Asuka and Becky Lynch. In 19 minutes, got four stars out of presumably five, unless <laughs> they break the scale. Right. Four stars for this one. Um, Becky pinned one of the two. I don't remember which one. She or Bianca pinned one of the two. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I so forgot Becky, which one. Becky, I, hit, Becky, the, Becky hit, hit the Becky hit the main slam or whatever. Yeah. And, and then, then she threw her out and then pinned yeah, Oscar. Pinned Oscar. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, this was a very good opener with 19 minutes. Um yeah very fun to watch but like yeah. at the end of the day it was one of those all right bianca's gonna win so yeah this was tough because you tough were like over. okay man you just te- you just probably beat your two top contenders and i think that's why they try to avoid this match because they're like mm-hmm. okay so now we can't stretch this to where we get an oscar versus bianca one or two shows and we get a becky rematch at SummerSlam. Yeah. how do we get there um interested to see um where they kind of go with it however i will say this this match was non-stop this match mm-hmm. did not stop this was i felt like this entire show and we're going to get to the reasons why here in a bit but i felt like this entire show the 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 narrative the um the disposition was like hey we're gonna go and we have to put on a banger of a match we have to mm-hmm. make this entertaining because if we don't this show is gonna tank so mm-hmm. bad if we don't put for because the matches themselves, the matchups, you're like, all right, this is okay for the most yeah, part. You have some yeah. standouts, but I thought the overall in-ring content was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, so you say that. And, and then we had now this... this match upcoming is an albatross. <laughs> this is the one you go to the bathroom in. But outside of that, I thought yeah. everything else was we good. Yeah, we had a nice two-on-one handicap. Yeah, match this match sucked. Defeating <laughs> MVP in almost in eight minutes and 17 seconds. Yeah. Got one and three quarter stars. Um it was it was a match, let me tell well, you. Here, let, me, let, me, let me say this though about this match. Okay. Let me just say this in defense of it, not defense of the actual content, because this match is poop. However, mm-hmm. I will say this this crowd was, was all about match. was all about Bobby Lashley, too. Mm-hmm. They were all about this crowd in, you're right the crowd in general was uh, electric which really mm-hmm. helped this card quite a bit but was all about bobby lashley bobby lashley spent eight minutes just celebrating mm-hmm. not even you could have forgot the match he just walked out there people were like yeah it's bobby lashley i don't know what it was but it was like he had like this weird thing where everyone was like oh yeah we are so in bobby lashley camp and i don't know yeah. why but it was it was weird yeah uh he gets the win yeah um they, totally cool the, there was one moment here, so like he wins, mm-hmm. and then he does like his like hand raise thing, mm-hmm. but he like kind of like walked away, yeah. and the ref was like, "Get over here!" Like to kind of like like pose or whatever. Yeah. Like he started like, like yelling at him. Hard cam, hard yeah, cam. Like, hard cam. <laughs> and I was like, that was really funny. I'm sure but, Kevin Dunn was yelling at him. That's probably why from the yeah. truck. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that was the only memorable part of the match. Like, yeah, that's great. Screaming at this jack. <laughs> Look at the hard cam. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that happened. So then we go into this whole wild kevin owens ezekiel feud thing that yeah. we have going on here yep for sure uh, this match gets two and a quarter stars kevin Owen, kevin owens obviously beating ezekiel because i don't think anyone thought ezekiel was going that i don't know i've um, seen stupider things yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah this this was a solid match for a match that i thought was going to be really stupid and really boring yeah uh, it must be like fine yeah i thought this was, i thought this was fine. above average i thought obviously i think they knew they're like all right we got to get omas and bobby out there quick we got to get this thing mm-hmm. because they have some de- time dedicated to it right and you can yeah. tell that owens has a lot of say in this because he's really feeling himself right now especially mm-hmm. character wise um <clears throat> i thought this match was really good though i, I mean nothing crazy i wouldn't ever go out and say elias or ezekiel whatever the hell his name is now is this barn burner of a worker but I think once again, when we had some of these matches where you just go, it just goes to show you how good guys like Kevin Owens are, where mm-hmm. they can make a match where you go, man, this storyline is, it's comedy. I get it. It's fine. It kind of is there. And in the, in the end, you're like, all right, that was, that was pretty solid. That's kind of how I felt about this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, next up, we had our mixed six man tag, yeah. which was, this was, uh, this was like the second pillar of the show. Yeah. I thought this was um, really good, actually. We had the Judgment Day. Damien Priest, Edge, and Rhea Ripley, which is a thing anymore. 
AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan in 16 minutes. Got three and a half stars. Um, Yeah, Judgment Day wins. Next night on Raw, they were like, oh, kicking edge out. Finn Balor's in. Okay. so now the new stable being Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Okay, so obviously read the tea leaves a little bit here. Uh, It came out after the fact that apparently they're going to kind of take this Judgment Day faction on a supernatural type-ish route. Mm-hmm. So, and Edge was like, nah, I ain't here for that, fam. So he's like, hard pass on that. And so they're like, okay, so we're going to put Finn in. However, all that being said, I actually don't mind this. And here's why. When is the last time Finn Balor has meant something <laughs> on the main roster? Seriously. Like he went back to NXT, won the NXT yeah. title. I was like, okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. He's the best guy here. Yeah. But his two main roster runs, he wins the universal title, immediately gets hurt. He's been dead ever since, for the most yeah. part. Yeah. I think this is the first time since his debut that you can be like, I am now interested to see where they're going to go with Finn Balor. As a mm-hmm. heel, as the leader of a group, they're all relatively, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're young. Finn's not young. But, like, the other two guys are young. Um, Rhea Ripley's getting a world title shot pretty soon. That's going to be good. I am extremely interested because I did think at some point they're like edge isn't going to be on TV every week. So Mm -hmm. they needed somebody else to take, to take this and run with it. Mm -hmm. And now edge going back to being babyface, which helps in because Cody's gone, right? Edge can come back. And now if you get edge versus Finn at a SummerSlam or a mania, that's Mm -hmm. pretty good business. I think, yeah. it, I think overall from a long-term perspective, I think it's probably going to be better off. It goes this way than edge running. I loved edge in this. I love edge as a heel. I love the music. I love the presentation, but I think long-term they're like, if they're going to go a supernatural route and they need somebody there every week, I think Finn is the perfect guy that they were replacing edge with in this. Yeah. I think my only problem with something like this, it's only been around is, a month. That's the only problem I had. With well, it. okay. Well, that, that's one problem I had. Yeah. The second one is I think when you have a stable, Mm-hmm. that has a leader yeah and then you switch the leader from like like you literally define okay what is finn balor meant to like anything right and then now he's like the new leader yeah i just kind of don't believe that he's a leader right on the main roster right. in wwe mm-hmm. no i you know like yeah, when you sure. when you look at stuff like the bullet club like yeah. usually the leader like develops like kenny like develops and then goes mm-hmm. all right now i'm taking the spot jay right. white develops takes a spot Absolutely. if this was more and if this was more like the shield or yeah. just three young guys coming in as mm-hmm. stable, it would be different because obviously yeah. it's like you don't really need a leader if they're all kind of equals in yes, a sense. Absolutely. But because it's like, okay, we're going to have Finn lead the stable of these other two people and it's going to yep. be them three, but you have a leader. I'm like, well, Finn hasn't done anything, so why do I believe he's going to all of a sudden be this phenomenal right. leader? Right. Of, you know? right. Like Edge, obviously, yeah. is it's, Edge. It, exactly. So being a leader, I'm like, I believe that he could yes. be a leader of this group. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Finn is in that same area on the main yes. roster and i think and i think long term i think what they're hoping for is if we it's it goes back to my, my one of the principles right of if you book him like a top guy if you consider him a top guy if you tell people he's a top guy he's a top guy mm-hmm. right and i think there needs to be some long-term booking here at play where you go you need to make a legitimate six to nine month commitment to say this is going to be a top heel stable on raw that's what yep. this needs to be. And then by doing so, this also then needs to be, then Finn needs to be at the tippy top of cards going forward. Yep. He needs to be in those feuds with AJ and Edge and Bobby and Roman and Riddle and Randy. That's where Finn needs to yep. be and winning okay. some of these matches. Yeah. And listen, if Finn wins the US title and Damien and whoever wins the tag title and Rhea yep. wins the women and we make the strong stable and like Finn's yep. the leader, yep. I'm all down for that. For sure. But yep. right now it's like, like you show said, it's, me. Like Finn, it's a show Finn's, me thing for me. Yeah. Finn's yep. been like Universal Champion for a day and Intercontinental Champion for like seven days. Mm-hmm. And now he's just going to lead the stable. I'm like, why would I, if I was like Damien Priest, I'd be like, why are I've done yeah, more right. than you have right, right. now. Yeah. Like, I held the U.S. title leading? longer than you did. Why do you? Yeah, yeah. I was right. like, why, why, why are you leading us? Right. Like, so that's where, like, Edge, obviously, like, 150-time mm-hmm. world champ or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. I get that. Yes. But, like, the Finn Balor one, I just, like, I'm yeah. not there. I'm hoping we get a little more Edge. I hope we get a little more of the rock and rolla type, you know, like, pre, when he, you know, when he joined the, when he did the Bullet Club thing. Yeah. Kind of hoping we get a little more Edge of that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, for me, I'm like, okay, if you're going to put him in a prominent spot, I want, I don't want to be closed minded to it, but I'm with you in the sense of 
you're okay with it as long as you show me and you follow through with it. Yeah. If you don't follow through with it, this whole thing sucks. Yeah. And I know it would have made no sense at all, but almost like someone like an AJ Styles, I think would have been better Agreed. to be the leader. I would too. agree with you know that I mean? as well. Like, yep. Yep. Like I, I, I don't that. know how you would have like feuded for so long. Like actually we decide AJ Styles over you, yep. but like maybe that works in a story or something. If you write it well, mm-hmm. but like, I think AJ Styles with his accolades would be like, I, I believe that you're a yes. leader. Right. I don't know yep. if I believe Finn yet, but yep. you know, we'll for get sure. That, that's like, you know, six months down the line, maybe we're completely wrong. But let's hope. Let's hope. Um, next, we got uh, Madcap Moss beating Happy Corbin in three and oh, got 12 minutes, yeah. got three and a quarter stars. Um, it was one of those just, it was here, it went crazy, 12 minutes and out kind of thing. Yeah, it, it helped with they had a lot of Gaga, right? You know, they had all the, the weapons and stuff like yeah. that. No, it's hard help. Yeah, they, they seem to be really behind Madcap, which is interesting to me. I think he's got a great look. I think he's okay in the ring. I think his entrance music sucks, and I hate his wrestling gear. But um, I think that – I think overall, I think he's a young guy they can get behind. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, he would benefit a lot from going back to NXT, mm-hmm. but they're not going to do that. So no. it is what it is. Yep. Um Oh, also, you know what I thought was on the show that apparently wasn't was yeah. Ronda Rousey. I thought yeah, she was too. somewhere on the show. I thought so too. I was waiting, and then we got to the main event, and I went, "Oh, apparently this is just not happening." Okay, I'm then. Crazy. Cool. Now I'm actually looking at this. They only have one. Yeah, one SmackDown, SmackDown match. match. Yeah, McAfee wasn't. Remember, McAfee didn't even call. Yeah, the show. yeah. He said he didn't even want yeah. to come in because it's yep. one SmackDown match. Yep. Okay. Um, I like just realized. This. Yep. But okay. Uh, yeah. Why couldn't they put the IC title match on here? I don't know. I was waiting. I was like, man, I'm like, well, cause first I was like, okay, Rousey's going to probably semi main here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just never came out and I was like, okay, cool. So we're no women's title match. That must be going on later. Um, and then the IC tells like, Oh, maybe they can shimmy some stuff around with Cody's injury and blah, blah, blah. Nope. You know, but no. I digress. Who knows? Um, cool. Main. We had theory taking on Mustafa Ali three and a quarter stars, uh, went 10 minutes theory his title. Um, so, yeah, this was this, this is the this match was the one where it was like there's not a ton of story, Mm-mm. and you knew he wasn't winning the title even though it was in yeah. his hometown. It was like it's not. I honestly, I don't know how you feel about this, but I do think when it comes to the hometown stuff, right, in a match that doesn't have a ton of build, right, does it really hurt to have like Ali roll him up, get a quick three, have the big celebration, and then the next night on Raw just beat him and get I back mean, onto it? I mean, maybe. Only because of the title hopping, but they don't really care about the title hopping. So I guess yeah, but like you know what? Like for me, I think like there are times where like a one day title reign makes sense. Like when Zack mm-hmm. Ryder won the Intercontinental Title, it was a the big Miz, moment, yeah, and then Miz, Miz beat him the next, next yeah. night because then they they spun off. Maurice came back, and you had a plan, right? But mm-hmm. like I feel like it's one of those situations where give Ali the mat, give Ali the win, have him win the title in his hometown. Big huge celebration, blah blah blah. The next night he gets his he comes out, rematch, you know, and mm-hmm. he beats him. And then what it allows you to do, okay, okay, Ali, former United States champion, right? So now anytime he goes into any feud ever, you know how Michael Cole likes to throw out there every accolade they've ever done ever. So yeah. now it's like, okay, now you've at least brought up a guy who may be a threat for future titles mm-hmm. rather than a guy who has never accomplished he couldn't even win the cruiserweight title. Everybody won that damn thing. So yeah. You couldn't even do that. I don't know. I just felt like it was one of those things where it's like, does the, the U.S. title doesn't mean jack squat anyway? Why not do a quick – and plus two, then you leave this show outside of the main event, which we'll get to, where you go, hey, at least I saw a title change because mm-hmm. there was no other belts on the line tonight. No. You know what I mean? And then uh, actually, so do you want to talk about like the possible SummerSlam match for the U.S. title or you want to like skip that set? No, we can talk about it. Go ahead. All right, so – uh, the rumors out there that Theory will be defending his title against a returning John Cena. Juan Cena. <laughs> Which I think will actually be a really, really good match. Yes, and I do too. a really fun time. Mm-hmm. And if I have like, my secret hopes and prayers, I hope that Cena wins and does his open challenge every single week again. I, no, I <sighs> think Cena should absolutely win. Here, here, here's uh, the thing. I, I know some I people be that. like, Theory needs it. No, he doesn't. No. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because here, it, it, people have to understand. Theory being in a SummerSlam match with John Cena. John Cena faced Roman Reigns last year at SummerSlam, okay? Mm-hmm. It's John Cena. If John Cena farts in the wind near Theory, Theory gets dusted with John Cena dust. That's how that happens, okay? Straight up, okay? 
Theory does not need to beat John Cena in order for him to get over. That is not how this works. And I know people come out there, oh, you know, WWE only knows how to push three guys. John Cena is John Cena. It's like mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. He, 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 you don't, you, John Cena is impenetrable. And at the same time, there are certain things you just don't do. He, lo- he wins the title, comes out, loses in a triple threat match a month from now where he doesn't get pinned. And then he goes and does more movies. That's how you do it. Yeah. You don't have, yeah. because the thing is, yeah. like I said, just do the fun, like, yeah. Open challenge. Open challenge. Have, yeah. Have uh, Carmelo Hayes and those guys yeah. come up, have a nice match with Cena. Right. And then have him drop the title to Theory in a month. Yeah. I think it would be fun. Yeah. yeah. So Cena is the rumored SummerSlam point. So in a little over a month, we're talking all right, SummerSlam matches. That's what we'll be talking about. Probably. Let's hope. So. Let's hope. I'd be down for it because Theory's really good in the ring. He mm-hmm. needs more seasoning, but he, he's getting really good. So it's that's a big moment for a guy who's like 24 years old. Yeah. And so our main event here. Legitimately, every human on earth is talking about yep. for a good like five days. Like I feel like, like I feel like people yeah. are still talking about it today. And yep. this is Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins match. Hell in a cell. Cody Rhodes comes out, or actually, so Rollins comes out in his dad's polka dot gear. Yeah, pretty so, awesome. Yeah, the Dusty Rhodes polka dots WWE gear. Yep. Yeah, Cody Rhodes comes out, and the second he comes out. And he does his whole like he raises yep. his arm. And he's like saying hi to like he can't move his right arm. And yep. I said, oh, he's oh, like boy. messed up. Yep. I was like, this is, this is rough. Yeah. So he walks all the way down the ring. Um, and he then milked like, it a little bit, which I he liked. milked it too. Yep. It's like everyone knew that he tore his pec, and they were like, oh, how bad is yep. it look? How bad is it look? And then he like slowly starts taking it off. And how gruesomely awful that looked. Like I don't think words could describe. Let me ask you this: How gruesome? Let that me ask you this. Looked. When's the last time you're going to the main event? People are cheering, mm-hmm. singing his theme song, right? The whole nine yards. Yeah. Everyone's cheering, blah, 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 blah. Takes off his coat. Crowd. Silent. Silent. Yeah, Silent. I, I couldn't tell Everybody you. was like, oh, my God. Like, it was like, holy crap. It literally, like, if you were, yeah. if I was a kid watching this, mm-hmm. I would have believed that they spray painted that purple to make yeah. it look worse than what it was. Looks like he got stabbed. Yeah. It literally looked like he said stab and internal bleeding, like yes. like he was in your body. Yeah. Like I that's mean, what yeah. it looked like. I mean, that's basically what happened. Yes, yeah. that's what it looked like. Right. So this match is the first match since Money in the Bank 2011 between Cena and Punk. They yep. get a five-star rating. Yep. So good for them. Yep. Uh, they get their five-star rating. Well deserved. Um, well deserved. I do think this match, like, I would give it easily at least four and a half. I think it may have got bumped up a little bit because of Cody's injury. Yeah. Like it was like you're doing it through that. Okay, we're gonna bump you up. Like yeah. I feel like there's no way he wasn't like, getting a five and that's any good. Yeah. Um, but the match was pretty dang good. So yeah. and, he, and here's why. In, in my mind, right? That that moment, first off, WWE is about moments, right? Mm-hmm. That's a moment. You're you're never Cody Rhodes, as long as he is under the WWE banner, will never ever ever be able to not be mentioned as a not a tough guy ever again, right? Like yeah. it's a moment. They've already did a, they already started filming a documentary series for his comeback. He had to do an interview mm-hmm. and do stuff before he went under the knife on Wednesday. So it was a moment. It's that hall of fame clip when they're going through his whole career where it's like, and then in hell in a cell, 2022 fighting through a torn pet completely off the bone mm-hmm. as a five-star class. You know what I mean? everything about it it's it, if you could have written a book about it you this would ha- be how you do it is if, mm-hmm. and then he could come back the next week because obviously he's out for three to five months now but no i heard like nine huh i heard like they nine. said nine but they said realistically actually it's three to five they act yeah. like the actual turnaround whether mm-hmm. they bring him back immediately i don't know i no. for me it's at this point just have him come in at the rumble and win it but yeah that's, um but that's like i just think that that was such a moment for Cody, I think he is now more over mm-hmm. by doing the match and going, getting through it and then having to, because here's the thing. It's like a mic drop moment, right? It's a, I just killed it, mic drop. And now I'm gone. There's nothing for me to follow it up with because I've, I'm, I've hit a, I've hit a peak here. Now maybe mm-hmm. there's further things that you can go to, but he hit a peak. So now it's like, he's done for a while. Your last memory of him is fighting with one arm through a horrible, horrible injury 
getting getting the win, which I was stunned that he got the win here. I was legitimately stunned because like, okay, well, he's going away. Rollins cheats. It's no holds barred. He beats him, you know, golf clap for Cody as he gets up and leaves the ring. That's kind of how I felt it was going to go. So many good things come out of this. And I think he is a more over baby face now than if he would have just won this match and he was healthy. Yeah. And I do think the, the, the one thing that I took away yeah. that they accomplished most was like pre-booking the Cody Reigns feud that's yeah. upcoming was, all right, Cody's got to become this madman that like is almost mm-hmm. unstoppable at points. Mm-hmm. Literally wrestling a match with a horn peck. Yep. Speeds just that up. Re- it speeds that process yeah, up by 10. Absolutely. Because yeah. now he comes out, wins the rumble and goes, well, I beat this guy with a horn peck. What do you think I can? I wait. Yeah. Nothing can stop me now. It shows the like, human grit value, right? It's that yeah. nothing is I, nothing is going to stop me, mm-hmm. even tearing the peck off the bone, in order to get to become WWE champion. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that is such a easy, beautiful story that you can tell. Low key though, if that is the plan for them to just go to the Rumble, I want them at number one because I think uh, it tells yeah. that story even more. Right. Mm-hmm. Comes out at one. He said, "I fought through a torn peck." I rushed to get back here and rehabbed as fast as I could. And then I wanted to be number one because I wanted to go through every single guy to get to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then yeah. we're just off yeah, and he's just the biggest baby face since Cena. And it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Give me a grade for the show before we get to all the craziness that happened this weekend. Uh, B minus. Yeah. I'm kind of right there with you. The Cody, if you were going to take the Cody Seth Rollins match in a vacuum, a plus. Outside of that, yeah, I was gonna say that's yeah. that's an A. Yeah, everything else is like also big shout out to Seth Rollins, too. By the way, like yeah. I, I think some people are starting to, you know, it's funny. We mentioned Cena earlier, and I was actually they're doing that, they posted some photos on WWE Sh- or WWE.com about like you know his his days as WWE champion and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It really made me miss John Cena. Like it really did. Like going back and looking at some of the memories and stuff like that, you're like, man, dude, like he was there all the time delivering top-notch quality goodness for like 15 years mm-hmm. and i feel like that's kind of where seth's at in a lot of it where it's like i think people and I, I i i've been pretty high on this pretty much for a long time you know you talk about lebron james tom brady um name a sport that you're a fan of right roger federer rafael nadal of you know tiger woods whoever it is that you that whatever sport you draw yourself to and the and the top of that industry really take a moment to appreciate that because I think at times where you're like, man, it's really easy to go back. But when you have it in that time period and you have some people that are going to be known as some of the greatest to ever do it, I think you should, you know, take a moment every once in a while to appreciate that because Seth Rollins at the end of the day is going to be as one of the very, very best in the world ever to do what, to do what we're doing. So whether you're an AEW fan, a WWE fan or whatever sport, take, take a moment to appreciate some of the greatness that you're watching, even a guy that I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. when he retires, it's going to be a void, you know, and you're going to miss those types of things. So take a moment every once in a while, reflect. All right, let's just focus here just a little bit here. Um, talk about, w- there's so much stuff to cover. So let's just start. Let's just start it. I guess the oldest to newest, let's go that route, Mike. Okay. First things first um, with all the title changes that happened over the last 72 hours, let's start at the very beginning, new intercontinental champion, Gunther mm-hmm. beats Ricochet. Finally, um, it real quick. Just one question on this one: Not are you a fan of Gunther or not? We're both huge fans of him. He looks phenomenal, by the way. Great shape. Mm-hmm. Is this the moment where the Intercontinental Title starts to mean something again? Um, I really hope so. Yeah, me too. That's kind of where I'm at because um, it's just he reigns isn't there every week. But yeah, really hope. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Big bastard like that. Going to put on great matches. Let's just hope that it really gets the shine that it should. Mm Because Gunther to me is like the perfect guy to be intercontinental champion right now. Yeah. Everything about it works. Cool. Okay. So next thing. All right. We had NWA always ready this week. Now, normally we don't talk NWA stuff because well, it's the NWA, but this is a big, this is a big weekend for them. First off, Matt Cardona, another major star out torn bicep craziness he's out three to five um had to vacate the nwa world championship on saturday night they have a fatal four-way for the title trevor murdoch somehow he beats nick aldis snooze tom Lattimore, snooze and sam shaw the former dexter loomis who just got released by wwe to win the title in a fatal four-way 
anything anything at all besides a bump bump bong like <laughs> no yeah i didn't either i had <laughs> I nothing like, i had nothing i, I you know i it's saw almost, it and laughed and then kept going. yeah you know it's a funny thing because like when i heard that cardona got hurt i was devastated i was like oh no i was like not now like he made me care about the nwa championship I was like all right this dude's hotter than hell right now this is cool and now he's hurt and the nwa has got trevor murakis champion okay cool uh mm-hmm. also new nwa tag champs doug williams and Davy Boy Smith Jr. or Harry Smith, as he was known in WWE as well. Just fun factor. I'm not going to ask you about that because no one cares, but um, okay. nonetheless. All right. And then that also happens. the NJPW Dominion show happened this, I guess, Sunday morning, technically, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, title change bonanza happened there too. So, Mike, what do we have? We had the heavyweight tags change hands, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have Great O'Connor yeah. Jeff Cobb won the. IWGP tag champion. So they're going to be, they're already projected to probably be facing FTR. I'm assuming probably. it's going to be some sort of title versus title type of scenario. Now that they're mm-hmm. double champs. Um, we had the IWGP US title, not change hands because it was vacated, but will Osprey gets the it. US title, right? So yeah. that's going to be interesting as well. I think, you know, and we're going to talk about forbidden door here in a second. Um, we had the never open weight title change hands. Carl Anderson getting his first singles win. First singles title in New Japan. He's been there mm-hmm. 15 years. Finally gets an ever open weight title. Um, former G1 Climax violence over Tomatonga. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then we had obviously the big one of the night. Jay White defeats Kazuchika Okada to become the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Which and the then, finish for this? Yes, was, was phenomenal. So awesome. Saw it online. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Calls out Adam Cole and Hangman Adam Page in his post-match presser, which was really good. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, let's... Well, so the, the funny part about that, too, yeah. was initially in his post-match yeah. talk thing, mm-hmm. he, he said, Hangman, I know you want Okada. Yeah. Well, you can have him, but you're not getting this title. Which <laughs> really hard Because I was yeah. like, he called out... Yep. Hangman in his promo technically called out Okada, not yep. the world title. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if you want him, you can have him, but you're mm-hmm. not getting this one. And then in his post yep. conference thing, yep. whatever, then he called out both guys. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, no, I thought, and, and it honestly, the way he did it too, I thought was really literal in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, right? Like it made like total logical sense, not one of those yeah. like weird, like, okay, type deals. Um, so title change bonanza this weekend, first off, in wrestling. We we talked a little bit, you know, Punk's hurt, Cody's hurt, Cardona's hurt. It, it's just like everyone's getting banged up in some capacity, right? Like all these top guys in, in different levels of uh, promotions, and you're just like, man, this could not come at a worse time. And then we got all this over, you know, all this change happening. Um, but let's talk about Forbidden Door a little bit. These title changes, right? Let, let's talk... I want to talk the big one because I think that's the one that's got the most, the most sauce behind it here. First off, were you surprised that Jay White got the win here? Cause I, I woke up this morning. I was like, Oh damn, he actually did it. I was, mm-hmm. I was legitimately surprised that they actually went with him going into this forbidden door show. Uh, I wasn't because when the, when the pitch I came, that was going to be whatever. <laughs> when the, when the pitch came, that it was probably going to be hangman and Adam Cole. Yeah. I was like, I don't think Okada works storyline mm-hmm. with those two i yeah. think there's definitely a lot more with jay white to tell mm-hmm. and i don't think okada like needs the title anymore i think jay white's good enough with the title okada can just do his i'm just gonna go kill people and be awesome thing yeah. that he always does when he's not champion and then if like jay white ever gets boring or they need someone they just go mm-hmm. okay okada just win this title again for three months and then we'll figure something else out yeah so um i was i wasn't like shocked but now I'm like, I don't know if Okada's even going to go to. That was my thought. Door. That was my I'm like, thought. who's he going to fight it for? Yeah, door now? That was I was thinking because the only other one I was thinking was he would fight Brian, but then yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. called out Brian Danielson. So then I said, okay, so yeah. he's not getting Brian. Who's a big enough name? Because Kenny's not back yet. Who's a big Nobody. enough name to match up with Okada's status? Nobody. And I don't think there is anyone. Nope. So I, I, and I also, I was like, maybe Moxley would be big enough, but he's gotten Tanahashi now. So I was like, I don't think there's anyone that's big enough now. Yep. Unless Kenny like surprises everyone the day before goes, I'm coming uh, out, so but that'd be he, stupid. I just saw a video of him doing like these weird stem cell stuff injections yeah. and stuff. So I'm like, he, he was banged up. Shout out to Kenny Omega, man. He was, he was hurting for a while. 
Um, yeah, no, so many implications, right? I, I was a little bit shocked. I've been waiting two years for Jay White to get the world title back. So I, I've just been kind of sitting here twiddling my thumbs until they finally decided mm-hmm. to do it. Um, super happy for him. I think he is, I, I just think he's fantastic, but, um, this match now, right now, does, does this do anything for you at forbidden door with Cole and hangman with Jay White winning the title? Does that help you? Does that make this match any less predictable or is it still hangman's walking out with the, or not hangman, uh, Jay White's still walking out with the title? No, I think it's, it's Jay White 1000%, which I think the fun thing is if they could have put off thing where like Okada went in and maybe they mm-hmm. even made it a four way with like yeah. Jay White, Okada, Cole right. and them or whatever. Then mm-hmm. it's all right. Now we have a real talk. But you're not gonna put the title on Jay White for three weeks yeah. just to pull it right off of him to put it on Cole or Hangman, who yeah. neither one are really New Japan guys, yeah. and neither one of them are gonna be in the G1 so because they already announced the G1. Yeah. So it's like it's like you're not gonna have your G1 champion in the G1. That'd be wild. So right. I, 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 it's Jay White almost one thousand percent at this point. It comes down to did they just put Cole in this match to take the fall? Is I know that was is, be is the only other question I have that, is, yeah, that is was because be they don't want to they don't want to ruin Hangman by giving him a pinfall loss to an IWGP World Champion, which I yeah. I would I wouldn't scarf that too I, much. But and, and here's the thing too that I was I was a little annoyed this Wednesday watching Dynamite because okay so we got the word that Cole was a little banged up, but then they announced him for this triple threat. And I go okay, um, Brian's not in this battle royal either, so they go with Kyle O'Reilly as the guy to face John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Did not agree with that decision, even remotely. I like Kyle O'Reilly. I think he's great. But when you're still coming out as part of the Red Dragon tag team, you don't even get your own entrance. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you're never gonna convince me that he's gonna beat John Moxley. I mean, I felt like that was an easy moment for AEW to elevate a guy like Andrade um, or somebody like that, to, where he's an actual singles guy who's mm-hmm. got some legit credentials. You know. IWGP Intercontinental Champion, WWE United States Champion, NXT Champion. He's got some shit behind him. And nope, we're going to go with Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Just did not. I just kind of felt like that was kind of a missed opportunity. And I feel like, I, I mean, you were right. You were spot on. They're just going to go with Moxley because it's the easy way to do it here. But I don't know. I just kind of felt like you missed a little bit of something where you go, oh, maybe, maybe we get a, somebody new elevated in this spot, but instead mm-hmm. they just kind of went, yeah, let's try to give us a pretty solid match. Yeah. And I think I, I thought at the point that Andrade was going to win. I did too. And I when happy. it was like the final two or three, I was yeah, like, I was okay, happy about it's going to be Andrade. Andrade yep. Moxley would be pretty good. And then realistically, if you really no. wanted to go that yeah. route, I think either one could have, like Moxley or Andrade could go and win yes. the world title and be like fine because they're both yeah. really good. It'd probably be Moxley no matter what. But yes, I agree. It also didn't help that with this new title they introduced, they put like a whole bunch of really, really good guys yes. in it and yes. then they put them in the Battle Royal. Yes. I was like, like I, I remember watching this and I think I was sitting there on my couch and I'm talking with my girlfriend and I go, I go, so she's like, why don't you want, why, why are you just laughing at all these guys? Just right now? I go, because none of them have a shot at winning. Like, like w- at one point, like one whole suit of cards was like the gun club guys and like next caster. Like, yeah. And I was like, nope, none of these guys have a chance of winning. They're, they're essential for the battle Royal. I get it, but they're not winning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at some point I'm like, okay, here comes Penta and nope. Okay. And I'm like, all right. So, and then I'm like, okay, Pac and buddy Matthews are full. I'm like, okay, Alistair Black, he's gotta be in this. Right. And nope. I was like, okay, okay. Brian's hurt. Cole's hurt. Okay. So maybe they're not going to be in it. I was like, all right, Andrade's in. Okay. That's maybe one. Right. Uh, And then they, I was like, man, they just, they didn't give anybody for anybody to get behind. Really. I was like, when Ray (laughs) Phoenix got thrown, I go, well, that was my backup option. So (laughs) So, yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I just, and I spent, and I think too, and I don't know how you feel about this, nothing against Moxley, but I felt like, with the interim tag that they have here, right? It almost kind of feels like a freebie in the sense of like, I can give somebody the title here mm-hmm. that maybe people wouldn't necessarily like expect right away or somebody that I'm expecting at some point to be a main event guy and kind of do a bit of a dry run because like, okay, Punk's champion. Anybody that knows anything, if he's going to win the title back or unify them or whatever, and then they're going to continue on their merry way. I understand that. But, like, rather than give it to Moxley, why not take a guy like Andrade or Aleister Black, who's super over with a super over faction right now, give them a title run as the interim champion. He's Mm -hmm. a bad guy, which also helps. And then 
let them kind of run with it for a minute just to see how people take it. Punk's not going to be out nine months. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why not maybe dabble a little bit, maybe elevate a guy. And now you've got a guy who's a former quote unquote interim AEW world champion. And now you've established another main eventer rather than just going back to a guy who's already over, who's already won the title and who can't really get any bigger. I, that's why I, I think there is a chance with how this all plays out. And I guess this is only going to be the case, only be the case. Mm-hmm. If Punk comes back by all out. Okay. And I think Tanahashi could win this match. Really? Because really, because if Tanahashi wins, yeah, enters the G1 with the AEW yeah. world title, right. does a great performance with it or whatever, right. and then loses it in the middle of August, right after the G1's over, mm-hmm. the punk or whatever, I think it's like, I don't really think you need the AEW world title. Like, Moxie's not going to do much with that on TV anyway until he loses mm-hmm. stuff. I think no matter what, Punk's beating who, yes, like, either I one agree. of these no, two. That's, that's so, my point. That's my point. I think, yeah. I think it's fine if Tanahashi has it, does a nice G1 run with it. Everyone's like, man, look at look what he's doing with the title. Yeah. And then he loses it to Punk, and you get that dream Tanahashi-Punk mm-hmm. match at All Out. I think that's, like, probably the biggest match you could have, too. Yeah. But those two, I think, I think there's a possibility that that happens. Yeah, I'm not I'm not taking anything off the table, right? I just thought like in this particular moment, because I feel like AEW is hurting on top end talent, mm-hmm. right? Like I think the middle of their card's great, but like I I I think that they're missing out on like when you really I thought that Battle Royal was a perfect encapsulation of their issue that they have right now. MJF, Adam Cole, Moxley, Brian, Punk, Hangman, Kenny when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Those are your seven guys. Those are your seven legit main eventers right now that you have, mm-hmm. you know, no Wardlow in this match. What? You know, yeah. what I mean? and I get it. They're, they're playing the long game with him. I understand it, but I was like, man, you know, when Darby Allen is one of the favorites to get this knowing full well, there's no chance he's beating Moxley. I was like, that's not really the best place, yeah. you know? Yeah. Play. I just, I guess I was in the camp that yeah. I didn't think anyone was going to beat Moxley. So I didn't like, right. I didn't and, and maybe that's this. fine. Yeah. Like so, I was but, like, if Cole's in it, I think the only one was like Hangman, maybe or something. Yeah. But like, I thought I if like, Cole or Hangman were in, I thought okay. But I, I all if I really Cole, wanted, Hangman, Malachi, like if yeah. any of these guys are in, none of them are beating Moxley. So yeah. I don't. It's almost better that like Cole didn't win the battle royal just to get beat up by Moxley, and that's yeah. like oh. Cool. I just kind of wanted that match with Moxley to make me feel for a minute that oh maybe they're gonna go this route. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was that like, was Moxley all the way. Yeah, that was kind of my that was kind of my hope, but. A lot of stuff coming out of it, right? You've got Tanahashi and Moxie for the interim AEW title. We're going to have a triple threat probably for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door. I mean, on on your level here, on a on a scale of one to ten, how how excited are you for this show? And then we're not going to go match for match because we don't have the definitives yet. But like, in two, are you? Like, are you concerned at all with anything like on the result side? Like, do you think it's going to be like this 50, 50 split? Cause I don't know how they're going to book this out where everybody walks away, quote unquote, happy. Well, I don't think, um, I don't think they're doing anything that's like too yeah. risky or anything. Like, like when you look at projected matches, right. You're going to have, if FDR doesn't win the, the, the tag titles though, I'm going to be a little upset. Yeah. But and I think they have a good chance. But if you do FTR yeah. and Jeff Cobb and great Khan, I think that's probably your biggest iffy match where it's yeah. like if one does like I, I want FTR I want FTR to win too because I want them yeah. like to score everything basically. Yeah. But you look through and you're like the three way for the IWGP championship like Jay White's like 100 percent gonna win. So yeah. like everyone's kind of on that. For sure. You no know, Moxley and Tanahashi we just kind of threw out the idea of either one could win. Yep. And versus Punk and I think it'd be a great match. So it doesn't really yeah. like either one it's like fine. Both are credible um, guys to hold the title regardless, which yeah. is good. You have Zack Sabre Jr. and Dan O'Brien, where it's like either one wins. As long as it's just a crazy technical match, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to care. Yeah, if like, oh, Zack Sabre beat Dan O'Brien. Okay, like, I don't think, mm-hmm. like, AEW's going to freak out if Zack Sabre Jr. beats him. Two-time New Japan Cup winner. Thank you very much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have Will Ospreay defend his title against Darby Allen or Andrade are they or something. Are they doing that or are they doing a six-man? With him and the, I have no idea. They haven't announced okay. anything for him, but okay. he's just won yeah. the U.S. So I'm yes, just right, right. that yeah, yeah, he might defend sure. it or whatever. Yep. They have the four way All Atlantic title match. The yeah, new let's title. Hold on. let's pause for a second there. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Thoughts on the new championship, the design number one, number two, the way they're doing it because I kind of feel like this whole tournament's like okay, so the New Japan guy's definitely gonna win his side of the bracket almost. You know what I mean? Because well, because well, they have two New Japan guys. In this it's bracket, a, well, it's a, it's a four way. 
Is it a fatal four way? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, I thought it was. So Pac, I, I misread the bracket then. My bad. Pac, Pac gets in and yes. he's one of the four. So like oh. Nero and whoever is going to be in the four way. Okay. I thought there was, I thought there was a semifinal and then just the mm-hmm. final two. Cause I was like, okay, no. well the new Japan guy, whoever wins that match between the two new Japan guys is going to win the next match. Yes, and go to yes, the finals. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, no. my apologies. So I, I kind of have it set where I think it's going to be like Pac, Malachi yeah. Black, Nero, and then the new Japan guy. Yeah. Which I think would be a just also a all fantastic. Match, yeah, for sure. Which would be all yeah. fantastic. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's going to be a four way. Okay. I misinterpreted that because that, that eliminates some questions. Thoughts on the uh, thoughts on them bringing a championship in that's not the trios title, just to mock <sighs> you a little bit? Uh, a little sad. Yeah. But I don't too. think this title is going to be around a lot in ADW because it seems like it's like, oh, we're just going to do this universally everywhere. Yeah. But it's going to be like a traveling AEW title that's like, yeah, not really on AEW. Like, I don't think you're going to see it a lot. On I don't know. It's reason. weird. The name does not suggest that it's like a title above the TNT championship. No. If it's going to be below, then they need a new TNT championship be, or need a new TNT champion. Cause like here, here's, I, I don't know what it is with wrestling promotions nowadays where like your secondary championship doesn't mean a damn thing. WWE, mm-hmm. neither one mean a damn thing. The U S title has been changing hands 15 times because everyone gets hurt or almost dies or whatever yeah. the case is. I, it just, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even the TNT title, Scorpio sky was not on television for months. Mm-hmm. It, like, eh, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, it just feels weird to putting in another singles championship that I don't feel like is a step above anything else. It just kind yeah. of fills See, in. I look, I look at this title, like it's going to be one of the matches on um, Russell kingdom. I'll go to ref pro and it'll yeah. there. Like, I think this is gonna be like a traveling title. It's going to yeah. be in Ring of Honor a lot. Like, I don't think it's going to be on the main roster mm-hmm. as much as, like, people think it probably will be. So I don't think it's going to – It's I don't think it's, like, equated to that, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be something, like, slightly different. They need a – they need something. I don't know. Anyway, let's keep, let's keep going, like you said, right? So Fatal 4 for the, for the yeah, All-Atlantic. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you just, like, scroll down that, those, like, five, six matches there, yeah. you're like, okay, like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think any way, like, Brian and Zach, either one win i think everyone's yeah, okay like i don't think sure. there's a lot of like very controversial mm-hmm. like oh this person probably should definitely win this one yeah so i don't think a lot of titles are probably going to change hands outside of the couple that are going to be one mm-hmm. so um so i'm if everything kind of lines up how it sounds like it's going to be lining up i'm like pretty excited for the show because i think it could be yeah i think it'd be awesome can together. it just not be six and a half hours <laughs> like for realsies though we can, like, we can hope okay because hope because damn like no offense but my goodness i don't want to fall asleep midway through the main event (laughs) yeah 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 i know i'd be really good with with three and a half hours yeah yeah give me nine matches all bangers i don't need nine matches either i need like seven no i could do nine i could do nine we could do nine that's what oh i guess yeah Uh, no because that's like an that's so long <laughs> seven. Seven's like the perfect number for me. <laughs> One, four, and seven are bangers, and two, three, five, and six are just like you're good. Just matches. okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair enough. All right. That's gonna be it for this week's show, guys. Uh, like I said, next week, inside the den, we're talking about it. Uh, is it live golf or LIV? I don't know. Do they pronounce the name just live? Good question. I thought I, no I was confused because I thought it was just Roman numerals. So I thought it was like 54. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> 54 golf, um, golf. live okay. golf, LIV golf. We're talking about it. NBA finals results. Probably talking about it. Lots probably of stuff. Not. Yeah. Maybe, no, maybe not. not. I don't know. Maybe it goes six. Who knows? Um, lots of good stuff coming your way though, guys next week, as well as hopefully we get some more stuff on forbidden door and any new stuff, obviously coming out of the NFL where we're going to hit on as well, but that's going to be it for this week's show on behalf of the missing whale, man. He's the Merck zone, Mike Merkel. I'm the mouth of Michigan, Robin Deckett. We will see you guys as always next time. <laughs>